Hey, this is Kerwin Santiago, pastor of Social Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I pray that this message blesses you and helps you grow in your faith to become more like Jesus. Why do we still deal with these areas in our lives? It's because there's a struggle, and the struggle is real. The struggle is real. But I want to invite you today and throughout these next weeks coming up for this series, I want to invite you to t- take a journey with me of life change. I don't know how many say I want to I wanna change in my life. I don't want to continue living that same way or dealing with that same area in my life. I want to believe that we can enter and take a journey of life change so that that thing that continues to oppress us and influence us to do the wrong thing will no longer have power over us. And I'm declaring that for you throughout these weeks. I'm declaring that for you today that you will be freed from those things in your life. That you will no longer have to go back to doing those things. Now, I got to give you a warning though. I got to give you a warning because I'm inviting you to take a journey for life change. So that you won't have to continue living in that. But if you don't take this journey throughout these next weeks and decide to go on this journey, there is another journey, another progression that will take place in your life. There's another journey of progression that will take place if you refuse to say, God, do with me whatever you want. And in that area that you have, and I have, and all of us have, in that area of our lives, if we don't deal with it, And give God a place in our heart to come in and take over. That part eventually will become part of our identity. There's another progression. If you don't jump into the journey of life change, there's another progression that will take place. And it's that that thing that you've been dealing with will become part of your identity. You know what I'm talking about. That we deal with something for so long that we can't overcome that it eventually becomes who we are. And now I don't just drink alcohol, now I'm an alcoholic. You see, it becomes part of your identity, it's who you are. Now no longer are you just taking drugs or doing drugs, now you're a drug addict. That's who I am. And a lot of people, and the thing that they deal with or they struggle with, that thing becomes part of their identity. And they begin to say things like, oh, that's just who I am. Oh, that's just how I am. That's that's how I was raised. That's my character. Come on, somebody. I believe that we've all been there. If we don't deal with it, it just becomes part of our identity. But it doesn't just stay there because then it moves on to becoming something that's increasingly hopeless. You see, it becomes part of our identity, and then we start feeling hopeless about it. We start feeling like we can't overcome it. And many people at this stage, they just give up. In the progression of that thing that we can't overcome in our lives, we get to a point where we feel, oh, just just the way I am. So we give up trying to overcome it. We give in to it. It's like if you can't beat them, just join them type of idea. Just deal with it. That's just who you are. So we give up trying to overcome that area. But then that takes us to another stage of this progression in our lives where we start becoming defensive about these things. And then that thing that we were trying to overcome now becomes something that we defend. And somebody tells us, listen, there's something in your life you got to change. But we say, no, no, don't don't come and tell me anything. Don't talk to me about that. We start defending the very thing that we were trying to overcome because now this thing has taken a hold of us. And now we don't listen to people. And now we even deny it. 
We deny the fact that this is something that we're dealing with because it's become so much a part of our identity that we no longer see it as something separate. And when people tell us something is wrong with us or tell us that we should change something, we get defensive about it. Am I talking to anybody this morning? But it doesn't just stay there. Because once we become defensive about that thing that we were trying to change, but now it's something that's just part of us, we become a slave to it. And when we become a slave to it, that thing controls us. And it tells us how to live. And we, we're, we're, we're like slaves under the control of that one sin or that one thing that continually just follows us. That continually hovers over us. It doesn't go away. See, I'm not going to go into details about what those things might be, but we become slaves to it. We're under the control and the power of that thing. And here's eventually what happens. This is the sad part. We begin to lose our life. It eventually results in the fact that we begin to lose our life. Because that one thing that controls us and we can't overcome eventually brings consequences to our life. It's inevitable. It's the result of sin. For the results of sin, the Bible says, is death. It's the consequence of it. And if we continue in that nature and obeying the desires of the flesh, eventually we will pay consequences that are devastating. There are people that have been found in such a sin that they can't overcome. And eventually it destroys their family. They lose their family because they can't overcome that one thing. They've gotten under the power and the control of it. And I don't want this to happen to any one of you. I don't want this to happen to me. I don't know how many say this morning, I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want to be that person that loses everything. I don't want to continue living under that bondage. So what do we need to do? We need to have change progression. We need to step into a journey of life change. We have to reverse the order of what Satan is trying to do in our lives. And we have to step into a new journey in which God wants to take us through his truth so that we could be set free in the name of Jesus. I don't know if I'm talking too fast. I'm getting excited. But we need to change our thinking. The way that we look at things. We need to begin to look at these things differently and accept new ideas. And here I want to offer up some ideas, some new ways of looking at things that maybe you haven't looked at them before. You see, I believe that sometimes in our ignorance, we fall prey to some things in our lives that later we can't overcome because we don't know what we're facing. We don't know what it is that's coming against us. You know, it's like something, we feel something, you don't know what it is. You know, when you feel that fly, you don't know where it's at, you just start going like that everywhere. And the fly is gone. It's probably on the other side of the room, but you're still going like that because you can't see it. It moves so fast. And that happens in our lives when we don't understand the things that are spiritual. There is something spiritual that is happening. And I want you to know this because this first thing I'm about to tell you is something that many believers don't believe. Many Christians don't believe. The Barna Group, which is a group that does polls and takes and asks questions of Christians, in 2009, they asked 1,871 self-described Christians. They asked them questions about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, Satan, and demons. 
And they asked them one question. They asked them if they believed that Satan was real. And 40% strongly agreed that Satan is not a living being but just a symbol of evil. 40% strongly agreed that Satan is not a living being but a symbol of evil. 19% said that they agreed somewhat and 8% weren't even sure about what they believed in. We're talking about almost 60% of believers out of that group that they pulled that said, listen, we don't, we don't believe Satan is real. He's just a symbol of evil. And listen, if that's what you believe, honestly, you're not going to know how to fight. You're not going to know what to do in the first place. And the first thing I want you to know that you have to know if you want to be free in your life, the first thing that you have to know is that the demons are real. Listen, demons are real. There really are demons. They exist. I remember my father telling me a story when he was a kid. My, and my grandfather, his dad, he was an evangelist. He was a preacher. He was a man of prayer, always constantly looking for God and his presence. And, you know, he was a man that God used in prophecy and he used in healing and miracles and even casting out demons and all that. Anyways, my grandfather prayed a lot. And one day I remember my dad telling us, that he was in his room as a child or as a teenager. He was in his room and he heard something. I don't know if he was getting ready to sleep or he was sleeping. He heard some noise in the house or outside of his window from, the, from his room. And he went to his dad scared. He said, dad, 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 I, I hear something. I hear something. I think there's somebody in the house. And my grandfather told him, he said, listen, don't worry about it. It's just demons. You know, demons are real. And to my grandfather, it was just like normal. Hey, they're real. But some of us want to live in this little world where we don't believe that's true. And so we don't know what we're fighting. We don't know what we're dealing with. We don't know what we're facing. Because for many of us, like this poll that they took of these Christians, we don't believe that they're real. Listen to what 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9 say. It says, be self-controlled and alert. Because your enemy, the devil prowls around you like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith. Satan is real and demons are real and he's out to get believers. He is out to destroy the work of God in us. He is out to go ahead and attack and bring things upon your life to keep you in bondage to lies that he says. You see, if you don't know or believe that he exists, I want to tell you this morning that you won't actively fight. And if you don't fight, you won't be able to overcome. But some people that don't even believe, listen, they don't even, they fight other things. They don't believe Satan is real. So what do they do when they're attacked? They fight other things. They think the war is natural. But even Paul says, listen, the war that we deal with, the war that we're in is not natural. We do not fight against flesh and blood. It's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. There is a spiritual realm of things happening in our lives that we cannot see in the natural and a lot of times because we don't believe that that exists or we ignore the fact that it exists, we begin to fight or attack something that is not the root or the problem of what we're dealing with. 
And that's the first thing that we have to know if we want to become free in our lives of that thing that continues to, to follow us and, and to haunt us and to oppress us. We need to know that demons are real. They exist. They are there. Listen, we have to fight. We have to fight. I went to my counselor one day. This counselor of mine, psychotherapist, began to talk to me about the things that I was dealing with. And I was looking for some advice. You know, psychologically, what can I do? What can I change in my thinking? And he said to me, listen, Kerwin, have you considered that maybe the thing that you're dealing with is spiritual? This is a psychotherapist, a counselor. He's saying, listen, maybe the thing that you're dealing with is not psychological. It's not natural. Maybe it's spiritual. And in order to overcome the spiritual, you have to fight it in the spiritual realm. That's why last week we said, listen, in order to overcome these things, you have to be able to identify what kind of a problem it is. Because the disciples tried to cast out a demon from a boy and they couldn't do it. And they asked Jesus, why couldn't we do it? And Jesus said, because this kind only goes out by prayer and fasting. If you don't have the right diagnosis, you can apply the right prognosis. You can't deal with it correctly. You have to know what kind of problem you're dealing with. Because not all problems come in the same shape or size or color. We get problems from different sides. And there are some problems that are natural and you can deal with them with a little counseling. You can deal with them with a little conversation. You can go to somebody and just deal with it in the natural realm. There are some problems that are psychological and you can deal with them in, in, with your mind and changing your thoughts. But then there are some problems that are spiritual. And the only way you can overcome them is if you fight them in the spiritual realm. And I don't know who I came to talk to. But I came to tell you that that thing that you're dealing with might be spiritual. And if you want to overcome it, you're going to have to begin to fight it in the spiritual a war there's a battle going on so here's the second thing that you need to know if you want to overcome that thing not only that there really are demons you have to know that can't ignore that but number two that we can be under their influence now there's no amens right there at all because right now you might be saying pastor what are you talking about saying that Christians can be possessed by a demon and it all depends on how you define the word possessed and what you mean by it. And if you mean by possessed that, he, that the devil can have mastery over you and control over you, no, he can't. A person can't be possessed in that sense. But he can be influenced by the enemy. He can be influenced by Satan. You can be influenced. In the same poll that Barna did about these Christians, 36% of those Christians didn't believe, didn't believe that they could be influenced by demons. 36% of those Christians didn't believe that they could be in, under the influence of demons. Listen, if you don't believe that, if you don't know that truth, you're already defeated to begin with. Because many people try to overcome these so-called bad habits that they have. These things that they continue to do and go back to constantly with other remedies. But they don't use the right tools and the right weapons to fight it and overcome it in the spiritual realm. You're already defeated. 
But listen, you can be under the influence of these things. That's why it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 28, in your anger, listen, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer. But listen, listen to what Paul is saying. In your anger, listen, that's going to happen to all of us. We're going to get angry. But do not sin. Do not sin. How do we do this? How do we not sin if we get angry? He says, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. I've had to deal with this in my own life. There are times where I've been angry. And I wanted to hold on to that grudge and not let it go. But I know, I know that according to what the Bible says, I have to let it go before the sun goes down. Before I lay my head down on that pillow and go to sleep, I have to deal with that situation. You know why? Because if I don't deal with it, the enemy takes a foothold in my life. He puts a foot in the door. You know what a foothold is? Have you ever been playing in your house when you were a kid? And you were running around the house and hiding or doing anything or running away from somebody? And then you closed the door when somebody was coming after you. And then they were trying to push it open. And you were on the other side pushing the other way. And what did they do? The, they tried to open it to a point where they could get a little crack in it and slip their foot in that crack. Because the moment that they slipped their foot in that crack, they grabbed a foothold. And a foothold is something that you can't really fight against in your own strength. Because once they put their foot in there, it doesn't matter how much you push, the foot is in there. And that person gains leverage. And it becomes easier to then open up the door. That's what the enemy does when we don't deal with sins in our life. When we disobey God as believers, he grabs a foothold. He takes a foothold into our life. And it, he's not inside of our lives. We are not possessed by him. But he's gained influence influence a little bit of power in a certain area of our lives and we have to know that this is true that we can be oppressed we can be influenced we can be under the enemy's influence in certain areas of our lives that we have given an open door to the enemy by our sin and our disobedience more than anything by continuing to live in that sin and in that disobedience as we continue to do it if we get angry and we go to bed angry at night and we wake up the next day and we don't deal with it and we continue to be angry about it the enemy continues to grab part of our lives and gain even more influence each time it's a foothold it's a foothold that he's taken into that area that's why we struggle with it that's why we deal with these things and we have to know Christians can be under the influence but here is what Paul says he says he who has been stealing must steal no longer you want to close the door on the enemy? Stop doing that thing that you know you shouldn't do. Listen, because the Spirit of God is inside of you. And if you want to shut the door and you want to put a lock on that door, you have to stop doing that thing that gives the enemy a foothold in your life. Stop doing it. So we can be under their influence. That's the second truth that we need to know there. And third and truth that we need to know. And I want you to get this this morning because this one is powerful is that even though we can be under the influence of these demons in our lives of Satan's influence and oppression in our lives 
when we stand up in Jesus' name and we know who we're fighting, they have to flee in Jesus' name. They have to flee in Jesus' name. Turn to somebody and tell them, listen, whatever it is that you're dealing with, it has to go in the name of Jesus. That's why Luke 10, 17 to 20, I mentioned this last week a little bit, but it said the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. You have authority. You have been given authority in Jesus' name to be able to cast out demons out of your life. To tell that thing that you've been dealing with, you got to go in the name of Jesus. Anger. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. Jealousy. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, you have to say, go in the name of Jesus. There is power in the blood. When I go to school in the mornings, twice a week, I do this twice a week, I go to school in the morning. On my way there, I have to go through this back area from where I live, and there's an elementary school. And you know, when you pass the school zone, in the time where, you know, the kids are getting there or getting out, you know, there are crossing guards. There's this little street, it's just a little street, no light, no, no nothing, it's just a little street. And there's a crossing guard that always stands there. And I'm telling you that I, I've had to pray for God to deliver me from this anger that is building up inside of me for her. Because this lady stands on that corner. And every time somebody gets ready to, or steps up to cross, she walks in the middle of the street, stops traffic, and lets them cross. Then she Goes back to her corner, and if there's somebody standing on the other side getting ready to cross, she goes, and she comes and lets them cross. And then she comes back, and there's somebody else waiting over here, and she goes, and she brings them. And she doesn't stop. For She doesn't, she doesn't tell them, listen, wait, there, let's let some cars pass first, and then you can come. It's just going to take a minute. No, she just continues to let people cross as they keep on showing up. And the first time this happened, I started getting angry because I was late to school. And I was like, listen, can you please, I honked the horn, I put my windows out and said, please tell them to wait. Tell them to wait. Because, listen, that's just, that just makes sense. Anyways, anyways, I, I have felt like running her over. And the reason why I haven't done it, number one, is because I don't want to be a murderer. That's number one. I don't want to do that. I don't want to sin. I don't want to kill anybody. Honestly, I don't want to kill anybody. But number two, I haven't done it because I know that behind her there's an authority. There's a power. She has backup. She has been given authority by the police department. And when she steps up into the street and puts her little stop sign up, with her little vest, even though she's not a cop, I know that if I run her over or I disobey her order, there are cops that are going to come after me and the law will be applied. 
She has authority. Listen. She has authority. Not in and of herself. It's not because of who she is. It's because of what she represents. And I came to tell you this morning that Jesus has given you authority in his name. And when the enemy tries to come into your life and take control of it, you can tell him you need to stop in the name of Jesus. Because I have been given authority. You have power in the name of Jesus. You can tell the enemy, you, not, you can't come into my house. You can't mess with my children. You can't mess with my marriage. You can't mess with those that I love. But you can come against them in the name of Jesus because you have been given authority in his name. Listen, I want you to know that this is real. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4, it says, For though we live in the world... We do not wage war as the world does. Because the weapons that we fight with are not weapons of the world. They're not weapons. This is what I was telling you. You can't continue to keep fighting those things that you're dealing with in the natural realm. The weapons are not natural. They're not of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Why do I tell you that? Because many of you are sitting there and you're saying, man, if it's true, pastor, that I have authority in Jesus' name to cast out demons, why am I still dealing with this situation? Why am I still struggling in this area? You know why? Still struggling with it because you haven't been able to identify that that situation is a stronghold. You know why? You know what a stronghold is? A stronghold is something that keeps a prisoner locked by deception. A stronghold is when you live by something that is not true. Listen, in other words, there's a lie that you believe that is not true. But you live by it like if it was true. It's like when something becomes part of your identity, you begin to say, I'm an alcoholic. It's not true. But you accepted that truth. And that truth, which is a lie, has become a stronghold in your life. You've been deceived by the enemy to believe something that's not true. Oh, that's just who I am. The devil is a liar. But you continue to live like that and to allow for him to have reigns over your life because you've accepted the lie as truth. Are you here with me? So a stronghold has been applied to your life by a lie of the enemy. And the Bible tells us in John chapter 8 verse 44 that when the devil lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and he's the father of lies. So can I tell you something this morning? Anything the devil tells you is a lie. If it's not God speaking to you. If it's the devil speaking to you, you better know it's a lie. He's the father of lies. And all he tells is lies. Whatever he's been whispering in your ear about who you are, you will never make it. You will never be enough. You will never overcome. 
It's a lie of the devil because he wants to keep you in bondage and oppressed and under his influence. But I came to tell you that when you understand that this is a spiritual battle, you can take the weapons of the warfare which are divine and are spiritual and you can bring down all those lies that the enemy has been speaking into your life. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5, Paul says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. It says in Romans chapter 8 verse 37 and 39, knowing all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you understand what I'm telling you this morning? Listen. You have power to overcome. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22 to 23 says, you were taught to put off your old self which is being corrupted by the deceitful desires and to be made new in the new attitude of your minds. So what do we need to do if we want to overcome these things? We need to change our mind. And we need to come against the lies of the enemy with the truth of the word of God. That's what we need if we want freedom in our lives. We need to come against the strongholds, the deception, and the lies of the enemy over our lives with the truth of the word of God. And I'm going to give you three truths. And I'm going to finish with this this morning. That we need to begin this process of life change. How many say this morning, I want to move into that process of life change. You need a process in your life to see and experience that change. And that's why we're doing 21 days of prayer. I just want to... Put that as a side note. We're doing 21 days of prayer starting tomorrow. Starting tomorrow for 21 days, every day at 6 in the morning, we're going to be meeting in the temple. And we're going to pray for one hour. And if you can't make it at 6 in the morning here, then pray at your house. But make a commitment. If you're saying, man, I want life change. I don't want to continue living the same way. Then you need to start looking at things in a different way and doing things in a different way. You have to begin to use your spiritual weapons. Prayer is a weapon. Not only does prayer connect us to God, but through prayer we can cast out demons and we can overcome strongholds. We need to pray. And we made these wristbands. We're going to give them out at the end. They say pray first as a reminder. Pray first. And it's Spanglish in Spanish too. Primero hora. And it has a little hands like this praying. And it's nice because it's a reminder. Whenever we face anything that the first thing we should do before we make any decision, before we act on something is that we should pray first. And these are free. We're going to get them out for free. We're not going to make you pay for those. But we just want you to enter into a process of life change. How many this morning say, that's what I want in my life. I want to be changed and transformed. So I want to give you some starter truth as foundational truth this morning. And there's three truths that you need in order to believe and take the journey of life change. Number one, you need to know this. This is a truth that you need to believe. You need to enter into his foundation in our lives as believers. God loves me and he is for me. And I know that might sound simple. And I might know that that might sound shallow and superficial. But sometimes we forget that in the middle of everything that we're going through. Sometimes we feel like God is waiting behind a cloud expecting for us to fall or make a mistake to then hit us over the head for that mistake. We feel like God 
is just like that cop hiding behind that bush, you know, just waiting for somebody to speed on by him to give him a ticket, to catch him in the act. But I want you to know that God loves you. He's not against you. He is for you. And when you sin and you fail and you make a mistake, listen, God still loves you. Whatever you did last night, God still loves you. God still loves you. Now, I'm not going to say that he's still smiling upon you. If you're a, a parent, you know that when your child messes up or does something that you don't approve of, it saddens you, doesn't it? You don't smile. You're like, oh, it's okay. You got this. You don't smile. It saddens you. And that's what happens to God. That's, that, that's why God spoke to Hosea the prophet. You know Hosea the prophet. And he told Hosea to marry a prostitute. Marry a prostitute. A woman that would sleep around with other men. And God did it so that Hosea could feel what he felt when his people were disobedient. When his people turned their back on him and were unfaithful. See, that's what God feels when you fail. God God's not, doesn't get angry and wants to whip us. God gets sad, but he still loves you. And with his love, he wants to draw you closer. He doesn't want you to continue living in that same condition, doing the same thing. He loves you and he is for you. Through, through the things that you go through and the things that you face, God with his love is trying to bring you back. And he's saying, listen, child of mine, come back, repent, come to me and I will restore you. God loves you and is for you. And all he wants is for you to repent. Number two, here's the second truth that we need as foundation in our lives. Number two, I can be free. Can you turn to somebody and if you believe this, tell them, I, I can be free. I can be free. I don't know what it is that you've been dealing with. I don't know what it is that you've been facing. But I came to tell you this morning, you can be set free from that thing that you've been dealing with. You have to believe again. You have to believe again. You have to believe that God has the power. Listen, Satan is not as powerful as God. We have in our minds from all these cartoons we watch, you know, the little devil here and the angel and the light. And they're in this dual battle and war going at each other like they're same, they got the same strength, same power. And it's like one can't beat the other one because they're equal in power, just opposite powers. That's not, that's not God. Jesus said when the disciples came back and said, Jesus, they were happy. We we cast out demons in your name and they obeyed. And Jesus said, man, I saw Satan fall down out of heaven like a lightning. <laughs> do, you, do you know what that means? That Satan messed up in heaven. He tried to take the throne. And God kicked him out so fast that it was like lightning. Like that, boom. He has no power over God whatsoever. And he has no power over you. You can be set free in the name of Jesus and you don't have to continue living with that issue of anger and resentment. Listen, there, there are some things, so there are some character issues that coffee can't fix. It can't fix. Some people are like, oh, don't talk to me until I have my coffee in the morning. There's, there's, some, there's some character issues coffee's not going to fix. The Spirit of God has to come in 
and deal with those things. And you can be set free. You don't have to, you don't have to be on the caffeine drug with coffee to overcome your bad character. You can tell Jesus, I need your freedom and I want you to come into my life and help me to overcome. Jesus can be your caffeine. Come on. He can be your drug. If you take Jesus in the morning, he's better than coffee. If you pray before you take coffee, you'll see something's going to happen. And last but not least, this is the third truth that you need if you want to move towards life change. And it's that not only can God free you, I want you to know this. God can restore you. That's powerful in and of itself. God can restore you. And that's what he wants to do in your life. Psalm 71, 20 says, though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. And that's the business that God is into. It's the business of restoration. Not only does God deliver us, he restores us. He puts back into place those things that were out of place. He restores the years that the locust has stolen. He gives us back seven times fold for what the enemy has stolen. And I came to tell you, brother and sister, get ready because you're going to enter into a new season in which God will begin to restore the things that the enemy tried to destroy. God is going to restore them. He'll restore your family. He'll restore your marriage. He'll restore your life. He'll restore your children. He'll restore anything that the enemy has tried to destroy if you enter into this process of life change. I want you to stand to your feet. And this morning you say, God, I'm ready to take this journey of life change. I'm ready to take this journey of life change. And I want to fully surrender to you today. Here I am. Take me. If that's you and you say, I'm ready for life change. I want to be fully surrendered to God in every area. Your heads bowed, eyes closed. I want you to raise your hand right there. Just raise it high. Raise it high so that I can see it. In the name of Jesus. Declare. God will begin a process of life change. Come on, lift your hands right there. If you say, God, I fully surrender to you today. Jesus, be my Lord. Take control. God, I need you today more than yesterday. I need you now. Come in. And renew my mind. Holy Spirit, renew the minds of my heart. Lord, of those lies that the enemy has implanted and said. Renew the minds. So that they can replace the lies and deception of the enemy with your truth, with your word. May they know today that they are children that you love. They are your children that you love. You are for them, not against them. They may, that they may know today, may they know today 
that they can be free in the name of Jesus. They can be free in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands right there. And whatever that thing is that you've been dealing with, whatever it is, I want you to speak to it. And it can be in your mind. You don't have to say it out loud. Just in your mind. Just speak to it. If it's lust, say, lust, I come against you in the name of Jesus. And I command you to go in the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. By the power of his blood. Go now in the name of Jesus. Anger. Go in the name of Jesus. Resentment. Leave in the name of Jesus. Jealousy. Get out in the name of Jesus. I command you to go. Unforgiveness. Anything, anything. You know what it is. That sin that you've been dealing with. Speak to it right now. Command it by the authority that you've been given in Jesus' name. And declare freedom by the blood of Jesus Christ. He has overcome. He has defeated Satan and sin. Can no longer have power over you. It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. But it does mean that we don't have to live under its influence. You might still stumble and fall. But there's always an open door of forgiveness and repentance to walk through when you have sinned against God. And when you do, He restores you. He frees you. He lifts you up again. And I declare that you receive the freedom that you've been asking for. If the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. Come on, right now, just start praising God because you're free. Start praising Him because you're free. Come on, start declaring it. Say, I'm free, I'm free. In Jesus' name, I will live to you, surrender to you, Jesus. Surrender to you. In the name of Jesus. If you've sinned, say, God, forgive me of my sin. I'm going all in. Everything that I have, I give it to you. Change my life. I commit my life totally to you from this day on. It's yours. It's yours today. I will live and walk in freedom. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together. Can you just take a deep breath right there where you're at? Just, I'm free. You're free in the name of Jesus. And listen, this ain't nothing. This is just the beginning. I believe that in the next two weeks, we're going to continue experiencing even greater things in the spirit. God is doing some amazing things. You don't want to miss it because we're going to, when we finish this series, we're going to finish it. And we're definitely going to break every chain that the enemy has tried to put over our lives. I believe it. We're going to walk in freedom in every area of our lives.
you believe it? Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those who give. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, please subscribe, share, take a screenshot, tag us, and I'll see you next time.